Welcome, everybody. Down into the manager's office, we are joined with uh, Ricky Rivera, the skipper of the club, before this game against the visiting Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Woodpeckers back at home after their series against the Down East Wood Ducks on the road, Ricky. And uh, you guys come away with a split. Uh, you know, going back to the, the first home stand with Down East, they took five of six in, in our own ballpark. So you go on the road, you, you split with them. And uh, what were your takeaways from that series after uh, some rain kind of interrupted some things, but you guys were still able to work with a different schedule, come away with uh, three wins in the end of that road trip? Yeah, well, it's always uh, – I, I feel like I say this every time we come back, but it's always good to split on the road. Hopefully we can take care of business at home. We haven't been playing good baseball at home for some reason lately. Um, but it, there was a lot of positives last week. I mean, obviously you take the split on the road against a really good down east team. I think it's a really talented ball club. Uh, a somewhat older ball club too. Some guys that have repeated the league and stuff like that. So um, always good to take three out of three out of six out there. Obviously without Whitaker, that's big for us. One of our top bats in the lineup. Um, thought Santa was uh, the highlight of the week. You know, he was 97, 100 miles an hour. His outing, he gave us his best outing of the year. It's a guy that's obviously a top prospect in our org. It's a guy that uh, obviously we all think highly of, and uh, it was it was good to see him take strides in the right direction. Yeah, now a chance here at home against the Pelicans to take on a team in division. I've I've been complaining about the schedule for, since going back to last year, how, uh, you know, you play more out-of-division opponents than in-division opponents, but now back at home against Myrtle Beach, uh, you mentioned Santa. How about Nolan DeVos as well? Uh, 12 strikeouts on the road in that start uh, against Down East. He did it in a tough environment around a bunch of elementary school kids. It was the uh, the Wednesday Education Day game. First 12 strikeout game since Luis Garcia did it back in 2019, uh, Ricky. He's a big leaguer now, so Nolan DeVos in some rare company with that one. Do you even say anything to the guy while he's just mowing him down over over six innings and you stretch him into the seventh? What was uh, what was the word you had for him after that dominating performance? Man, Devo's a pro. I mean, uh, some people do, some people don't. Devo just keeps doing it. Like, every time he goes out there, he just keeps doing it. He's a guy that keeps getting better. He works at his craft every day. Um, he's been solid for us all year. I expect him to be a, a solid guy for us as an org. I mean, it's really cool to see every guy get better but especially DeVos who's gotten better seems like a little bit faster than everybody um right now but he's just I mean he's I don't have much to say to Devo I know what I'm getting every time he steps out there on the mound every six seven days whatever it is um he's as solid as it comes he's a good teammate he's a good dude and he's very coachable so it makes it easy for us it's it's been uh, nice to see a few guys as well who weren't necessarily on the radar going into this season as top draft picks or top prospects, anything like that, but have come from either the DSL where they had success or the FCL, who you were used to seeing, guys that come to mind are Jeremy Malero out of the bullpen, uh, Jose Gadez, who looked really nice in, in down east with four scoreless, and then uh, Emil Carcharinos, who had his first start in the Carolina League uh, over the weekend in, in down east. Uh, what's been your impression of those guys coming and playing full season baseball in the States for the first time? And and kind of settling right in and having some success and helping stabilize the middle of this rotation? Well, first of all, they make me feel old because I have some kids here that are born in 2002, 2001. I'm like, gosh, dang it, I was taking my first vacation that age. But uh, it's really cool uh, to see those guys coming up. I think it speaks uh, to the org as, as, a, as a group, like the development that goes down from the bottom up. See those guys come in here and they don't seem scared. They don't seem shook. Their stuff plays out really well. I mean, Chirinos is good. I thought Geddes was electric. That outing, he came out there. He struck out, I think, the first three or four hitters he faced, and I thought he was absolutely electric. I mean, those guys throw hard. But most most importantly, it's like the discipline that those guys have. Like today I showed up to the clubhouse. Those guys were already here, you know. 
those guys are here putting the work in, doing their English class, how important everything is to them is part of the reason why I think this org is so successful. I mean, you look at the bigs and you go Luis Garcia, Javier, Framby, uh, those guys are all Latin guys that went through our whole system, you know, and I think these guys are right, are following their footsteps and, and doing it the right way. So it speaks a lot to the development at their lower levels. Last note on the pitching uh, this past week in Down East. We saw you stretch out a few guys a little further than usual. Trey Dombrowski and DeVos were broken up from their tandem. They each got their own start. And you pushed them a little past that 75 pitch mark, which was usually the cap over the first few outings. They got into the 80s. Is that just uh, a uh, a deal with where they've had you know enough innings on their arm at this start of the season? They're kind of built up that allowed you to stretch them a little bit further? Yeah, it's a combination of, obviously, priorities, their health. That's mm-hmm. priority number one is them being healthy. Obviously, it goes hand-in-hand hand with development, but you can't develop if you're not on the field, if you're not healthy, right? So, um, obviously, those are guys that are built up. Those are guys, college guys that have done it in the past as well that know what to do between outings. Some of them, like DeVos had a little extra day of rest with the travel day and then being broken up with the tandem. Um, so, just just them being built up is the most important part for them to be able to stretch it, obviously, on the pitching side, you know how it goes every year. It's injury here, soreness here, whatever it is. So having those guys being able to go deeper pitch counts uh, in tight ball games, it's good for us and uh, you know helps us out in the back end as well. On the offensive side of things, the uh, the team has been able to win low scoring games this year. That's that's kind of the uh, the mo of this team. I think fourteen out of the sixteen wins have come when opponents have scored four or fewer runs. So the pitching staff's absolutely keeping you guys in games this year offensively it's been a lot of low scoring uh ball games but is, is that an identity that that you lean into as a manager as a team you say okay we can win some low scoring games or are you trying to kind of break away from having any sort of like identity to to what the offense is necessarily yeah ideally i don't i don't want to have an identity i think the only identity i want us to have as a group is a group that will play harder than the opponent whatever the score is that's the only identity i really want these guys and i want for my team but uh, offensively, I think we're we're a couple adjustments away. I mean, it's always hitting's not easy. Uh, I'll say that hitting's not easy. Obviously, we have a young crew, of guys that are going through a lot of adjustment periods. We had, I mean, we had at one point last week in the lineup, like seven out of the nine guys were all like former FCL guys, first year guys here facing a good pitcher, a good pitching staff. You know, so it's just keep continuing to work. You know, it's gonna. It, like I keep telling them, keep taking pride in your work. Keep prioritizing yourself in the development part. You know, and once you go out there to the game, you just have to compete. You've got to be able to compete, you know, and the ball will fall our way or won't. We saw that week against uh, Kannapolis. We hit over 10, 10 balls over 103 miles an hour, and none of them dropped that week. Like, I mean, so, yeah. it was uh, it was crazy. But those are weeks that we take as a, as a win for us, you know, like regardless of the win or loss or the offensive production necessarily per game, those are wins for us because that means what the guys are working on is paying off or they're being able to translate it to games. So ideally, yes, I would like to score more than four runs or three runs in a game. That makes my job a lot easier. That makes the pitchers not have that much pressure. But we do have the pitching staff and the capacity to win those close games, and I think it's always cool to win those uh, tight games because we have such a good pitching staff and we have a bunch of dogs on the mound. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think across the entire sport, pitching – over the last decade is starting to have the edge over hitting and, and hitting does seem to get harder and harder. You look at the numbers across this league and, and it does seem like pitching kind of dominates the Carolina league. Uh, universally though, on this team, when, when you see young hitters come into this league, what's kind of the big thing you see them struggle with the most, not even just 
this team, but even visiting teams? Is it, you know, catching up to velocity? Is it zone discipline? You know, what's kind of the universal thing that you preach to, to your guys as they go to the plate at this level? So so to me, it's two, two big things. One is dealing with failure because you're going to fail. You're going to face better competition. You're not going to be able to hit 400 like you did in the rookie ball or Dominican or wherever you were at, you know, that, I mean, there's better talent up here. It's a reality of it that we have older guys. You'll be facing a 24-year-old one day that's throwing 89 but puts it in the, every corner wherever he wants to because that's what he was in college for four years. Or we'll see a, a kid throwing 99 that has no idea where the ball's going, but two of them are going in the zone and they're tough to hit. So to me, dealing with failure is number one. And second of all, being able to compete in the zone. You know, like your swing decisions are so important. If you swing at pitches in the zone, you're probably going to have better results because of all the swing training we do to keep the bat in the zone for as long as we can. So hopefully, I mean, with the, with pitch selection and stuff like that, like I think that's a big priority. You know, when you when you go a three one count in rookie ball, you're getting a fastball right down the middle because they don't want to walk people. There's no clock there, whatever. You go to three one here, we'll go slider and then we'll go slider again. So it's like you have to really be picky and specific with your approach. And again, we're a young team. It's uh, it's still. It feels like we've been playing for a while, but it's it's pretty early still in the year for the guys. I hope that's something that when the, the, the maturity level and the reps take over, I think that's something that this, this group could be could have as that quote-unquote identity is a team that controls the zone. Still just, uh, yeah, like you said, only about halfway beyond the midway point of the first half of the season. The Woodpeckers uh, within six games of the entire division right now and a big series coming up here against Myrtle Beach, a team a couple of spots in front of them in the division. Last thing, Ricky, uh, we celebrated Mother's Day out at the uh, the ballpark here during the last homestand. I saw you had not only mom but, but also grandma in the house for a whole weekend. What was it like to uh, spend a little bit of time with them out here in Fayetteville? It was pretty cool, man. I mean, uh, it was a kind of a last-minute thing. My mom called me probably two or three weeks ago, no specific plans. But having them out there and sharing the field with my mom, who shares the passion for the game as much as I do, you know, and my and my grandma, who loves the game just as much as well, um, it was uh, it was really, really cool to see and have them out there. It meant a lot to me, and I know it meant a lot to them. So They uh, they saw you got get the, uh, the hook, too, I think, right? <laughs> I did. I did. They saw me... Uh, which uh, somebody came down here and they were like, hey, uh, dang, I'm sorry you got thrown out in a game and your mom and my grandma are there. And I was like, well, you just got to make sure my grandma makes it through this game. If she does, she's fine because my mom, I get my, my grittiness, my toughness, yeah. my my energy from my mom. So she was probably yelling just as much as I was yeah. on the field. Well, <laughs> grandma had your back, I'm sure, Ricky, on uh, on that one. But uh, good luck this entire week here at uh, home against Myrtle Beach. And uh, thanks for sitting, uh, sitting down with us, Ricky. Yeah, thank you. Go Packers.